Welcome to RunFit365.com podcast, episode 21. Booyah! Welcome back to the RunFit365.com podcast. I'm your host, Travis Lozier, and that guy right there, um, through the microphone, through the internet, through the interweb, that's Dan Cusin. What's up, Dan? <laughs> What's up? <laughs> My intros get cheesier and cheesier and cheesier. Um, watch out for episode 121. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so how's it going, Dan? Hey, it's great. It's great. It's uh, lots of snow here in the Midwest and, uh, you know... Couldn't ask for a better day. That's right. Um, on a serious note, this is a pretty important topic. Um, the the episode twenty one. What we're going to cover today is runner safety. Um, mm-hmm. Most recently, here in the Midwest, there's been a story that just happened. I believe it was last week in the local community here um, of a runner being attacked during uh, her run, and you hear about these stories all over the nation. And Dan's put together essentially. Um, some tips for us to to stay safe out on our run. So, um, Dan, I know that you put a lot of thought into this, and there's several good tips. Um, so let's just kick this thing off. Yep. Yeah, really important stuff. And you know what a shame that this ever happens. But you know you just can't predict, I guess, what what people are going to do. So I kind of broke these up into two categories. The first. Um, the first sort of tips are general sort of safety things. Some of these we've talked about in the past. Some of these we haven't. And they're not specific to what you might call safety from predators. And then the second section is more the safety from predators. And, you know, I, I didn't have a comprehensive list. I had some ideas. So I went out and, and looked. And there's some actually pretty good thoughts and ideas out there. Um, so we'll go over that list as well. We'll start with the general rules, though, Um, and these are just some things that probably common sense to most people, Um, and and a lot of these tie into the predator thing to help, you know, prevent things from happening, but um, just some general rules of the road, pun intended, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So follow the rules of the road, things like, you know, facing traffic. I do see still people running with traffic so you're running on the right side of the road where people drive and the the downside of that obviously is you can't see them coming and so that you can't be um, your own uh, defense essentially so if you run against traffic like is recommended for pedestrians um, you can you can sort of dodge them I guess and make good judgment calls you know step off to the side if you need to but um, you know, we've talked about this in the past. Um, people just don't always pay attention, and so you have to watch out for yourself. So, no secret, just uh, follow the rules of the traffic. Yeah, and I think every runner that's ever ran on a country road or a secluded road um, knows the value of running against traffic because, um, you know, if you're out there on those country roads, people don't always expect seeing you out there, maybe on a long run. So, mm-hmm. um, you've got to be quick on your feet at times. So that's a great tip, Dan. Yeah, a good segue to the next one. Um, so country roads typically don't have 
a place for a runner. And so, you know, you, you are running literally on the side of the road. Um, so one tip is try the, the best you can to run in a location that has a sidewalk or a trail or, or a, a fairly good sized berm um, on the side of the road whenever you can. Um, I mean, there's lots of risk there. If you're running on the, the, one of those roads that don't have that and a car's coming and, you know, you have to make a decision to, to step off the side. Well, especially on country roads, there's not a lot of great places to step. Sometimes it, it goes down into a, you know, a little ditch sort of thing. And then you're putting yourself at risk for, you know, twisting your ankle or something. So it's just probably best if, if you can find um, a, a place to run that has a place for you, whether that's, um, you know, secluded like a trail or just a place on the side of the road. Um, okay, so tying into that a little bit more, don't assume the car can see you, um, especially this time of year when, you know, it's darker outside, um, you know, we'll, we'll get into some of the reflective gear and stuff like that, but uh, you can just never assume that the car can see you um, because, you know, you are insignificant, essentially, as you're... Um, in terms of what the driver is seeing, there's lots of things that they're looking at, so they're just not 100% going to see you. So don't assume that they can see you, be your own defense. And then, um, you know, if you're running and your instinct is, is I'm not sure this guy can see me or, or whatever, um, don't feel bad about stopping and stepping off to the side until they pass. I mean, we all want to keep running and not stop, but, you know, just use your, use your gut and, and do that if you have to. Um, next one, run in daylight whenever you can, obviously. Um, and if you can't run in the daylight, run in a well-lit uh, well area. Um, and this, this, again, ties into the predator thing. You know, I think uh, the, the one locally here was in the evening um, or the dusk time frame, which is still pretty early in the day uh, for us. So, you know do the best you can. I think that was even a relatively well-lit area, but especially in the, the dust time frame, uh, well-lit doesn't always help. So um, just just try to do that as much as you can in daylight. Full daylight is your best opportunity there. Uh, but it's also good for, you know, being seen by a car. Um, if you can't run in the daylight, then consider reflective clothing, safety lights, um, if it's appropriate. And as I was reading through tips about the predator side of things, um, one person had an interesting philosophy on this. Uh, I think it was, I can't remember what, what blog I read it on, but or what article, but she was saying, you know, don't make yourself obvious. You know, be your defense, be, be a defensive runner and don't get hit by the car, run in areas that aren't highly populated by cars, but don't make yourself stick out like a sore thumb. Um, to a predator that might be out there. I thought that was interesting. See, it's a balance of, you know, what's your chances of getting hit by a car versus what's your chances of somebody, you know, attacking you or something. Um, so I think that's something you have to use your own judgment. I, I still think that probably more, your, your chances are probably more that you're going to get um, injured by a car than a predator, but just thought that was interesting. That is an interesting kind of take on that. Um, and what I was going to go when you were talking about that, technology around reflective gear over the last probably 
it almost seems like the last five and ten years have came so long. Um, I know, you know, with almost every pair of running shoes by default, it has some form of kind of reflective material on it, but even your running tights now, and um, I know Brooks has a ton of running jackets that um, are, are dedicated exclusively for running at night, so um, there's no shortage of things that you can find that would help you be seen when running at night, but the, the concept of finding that balance is something I've never thought of before, but um, I would tend to agree with you, Dan. It seems like you're at you know, greater risk of being um, you know, hit by a car by not being seen than um, you know, a predator using those tools to find you. So right. interesting. Interesting yeah. is right. So this next one's probably my favorite <laughs> because it said, uh, every, every article I saw, everything I read um, agreed with this. And obviously I've got um, pretty big thoughts on this topic, but uh, <laughs> don't wear headphones, don't wear your music. Um, and this is both for just running in general because, again, you're running next to cars or something. Um, you want the least amount of distraction uh, that you basically the least amount of distraction so you can pay attention uh, but also from a predator perspective um, because you know if you're if you're got headphones on you're listening to music I mean people can come up right behind you you'll never know they're there um, so just add I should add to our that famous blog that we have that gets hit up all the time and and add that as an item but I just thought that was interesting and and another good reason to not listen to music yeah, that list keeps growing. I know. <laughs> um, okay, this is just common sense, but we don't always do this. Uh, tell somebody where you're going and when you plan to be back. Um, this might not always be an option for people. I mean, sometimes I mean a lot of people that live on their own don't necessarily have somebody to tell. Um, or, you know, sometimes I get home early from work and I want to go for a run or something. Um, I don't always tell somebody that, so uh, that that's good from um, you know being on the side of the road and getting injured, and you know what if you break your leg and you are on a country road and nobody comes by for for that amount of for a long period of times, and um, then nobody knows where to find you, or you do have you know you get attacked or something by a predator. Um, it's just a good idea to get in the habit, whether it's um, you know, somebody to live with at home or somebody you can call and just say, hey, just so somebody knows, I'm going to go for a run and here's where I'm going to go um, to do it. Here's my route and, and here's where I plan to be back. And then maybe just commit to that person, I'm going to give you a call when I'm done. And if I don't, you know, maybe give me a call and then that triggers them to uh, sort of be your, your watchful eye, I guess. That's a great tip. And, um, you know, Liz and I have always been kind of good accountability partners for that. But one thing I'm finding more recently is, um, you know, as we're getting into this training cycle for, you know, Boston in 2015, our long runs are starting to get up to two and a half, three hours now. And um, I find, you know, I did mine on my own. And just telling her that, you know, this is where I was going to be, this is the route I was going to take, um, if I did get any even in some kind of physical trouble with, um, you know, some kind of, you know, who knows, heart attack or something like that, I always felt like she would be able to, um, 
kind of find me or I have at least a peace of mind, but the same applies with any kind of predator or um, any other kind of issue I guess you would have on your run. Mm-hmm. Well, this, you know, I actually put this one down below in the predator section, but this applies to both. There are some um, technologies that you can use. Uh, I, I read about this. I don't, I don't have any specific names to give. There are several out there. Um, so you can install it on your phone, carry your phone with you, and it allows you to be tracked. And some of these things can be turned on and off. Um, but so somebody can actually track you as you're going, and perhaps they, you know, if you did get injured or had a heart attack or whatever, you're at the side of the road, um, they can see that you're stopped. You know, it's sort of a real-time tracking mechanism. So that might be something you, you consider. I'm all about, um, I don't know, I'm all about the cool stuff, the technology, and uh, what can make it easier for somebody to find me if something did happen. So, um just, I thought that was pretty cool. That is cool. Um, next thing, wear an ID tag. I'm guilty of this. I don't have one myself. I've seen them, not to mention any brand names, the one that comes to mind is Road ID. Um, and there's lots of there's lots of things like this out there, and I think just um, not only just your identification, but just for medical reasons, you know, if you have allergies to something or if you have medical conditions that if you did, you know, pass out on the side of the road and somebody did come to see you or come to find you, um, just information they might need to know or the medical team might need to know to identify you so they can contact the right people and treat you. So just a, a no-brainer that I think a lot of people overlook. Yeah, and that Velcro noise was the sound of me pulling off my road ID just to look <laughs> at. And it look, I mean, you can get, I've got three different phone numbers on here. I've got, um, you know, my wife's phone number, my parents, and then, um, you know, Alyssa's parents on here. So um, there's plenty of real estate on these things to have multiple contact numbers on here. And, um, you know, road IDs came a long way. Some of their new bands are really cool, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need to invest in one Christmas present next year, Travis. There you go. Note to self. It's noted. It's down. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, let's see. And then just, this is, again, we're talking general safety for runners, wear appropriate clothing for the climate. Um, right now in the dead of winter, so we've talked about this in the past. It's no secret. Same thing in the dead of summer. Um, just, just make sure you're being smart about it and, uh, you know, being as safe as you can. So now is the list of what really brought us to have this discussion. Um, and that's, unfortunately, there is a risk that any one of us could be out running and, um, be attacked by somebody for whatever reason. And, um, again, it's, it's frustrating that it could even be a possibility, but it is a reality. So... Um, I created this list to kind of go through with suggestions. I'm sure there's a lot more out there. Um, and if, if you think of one that we didn't cover in this, please let us know. You know, we'll add it to the blog or something so that everybody has the best tools they can uh, to keep themselves safe. But um, the first four are actually, I read an article about this, the recent attack locally. And these are the, the four that... Um, I mean, they make sense as well. 
but these are what the police, the local police recommended. So I thought they were perfect to include on here. Um, so first, be aware of your surroundings. And I think going along with that is removing all distractions that you can so that you can pay attention to those. So like the headphones thing um, is a perfect example of that. Um, so just be aware of, of what's going on around you. Um, and I, you know, somebody else had made a comment. If you look like somebody who is paying attention to what's around you, um, somebody is less likely to try something because you're paying attention. Whereas if somebody's sort of in the zone and not paying attention, has got their earbuds in and they're going, um, they can likely plan the attack a little bit better. So just, just something to consider uh, looking the, the part, I guess. Um, again, this is a recommendation by the police, and we've talked about this in other forums as well, but don't go out there alone. You know, if you can go with somebody or uh, with an animal, you know, run with the dog. I think in this exact case, uh, as, a, as a, a woman who was running with her dog, and the fact that the dog wouldn't stop barking and, you know, trying to do whatever to the, the person, the attacker, uh, that was what they sort of attributed to this person being able to get away. So not only just another person, but perhaps a dog, if, if you've got a dog that runs with you well. I think the key is just to, to try to avoid going out there by yourself. Yeah. Um, this might sound like a, uh, a no-brainer, but I think a lot of people try to leave their cell phone at home. Their recommendation was to carry a cell phone with you, and that makes sense, you know, not just from a, a predator perspective, but if you did get injured in the side of the road, uh, it, it's good to, to be able to um, contact somebody. So, you know, I, I run with my cell phone a lot of the time just to, to have it with me. If you uh, are wondering a good way to carry your cell phone, I haven't looked into that a lot, but... You know, there's there's lots of things that you can uh, strap to your arm or, or you know your body to to carry that. So it's it's a little bit of an extra weight, but it's certainly worth it to uh, be able to contact somebody if you need to. And then the fourth recommendation from the local police was to call 911 immediately when you see suspicious activity. Um, something else somebody mentioned kind of in that same realm is don't. Don't feel like you're, um, you know, being rude to somebody if, if you think they're suspicious. You know, nobody's going to question that later. If somebody doesn't look right in the right place or, you know, they're suspicious looking, uh, like in that example, they're saying, you know, don't feel bad about not smiling at them or something. Because, honestly, you got to watch out for yourself first. So, you know, if you do see something that doesn't seem right, the, the police are asking that you, you do call so that they can, um, you know, prevent that ahead of time. So the next several are just sort of ones that I found or I was thinking about myself. I guess I did cover run with your dog as a separate entity here or I don't know what other kind of animal you might run with, but um, run with an animal. Um, this was interesting. Switch up your route. You know, we talked about, I think, the winter running uh, episode that to run predictable routes 
because then you know kind of where the warm spots are, where you might be able to duck indoors if you need to, or, you know, uh, get water if you need to, that sort of thing. But what was interesting about this top or this concept was if you switch up your route rather than running the same route every day, uh, you're less likely to be um, somebody that a predator is looking for or can track. So, for example, if you run the same route every single day, and they see that every single day, or you know, even consistently Monday, Wednesday, Friday, uh, they know how to predict where you're going to be and when you're going to be. So, not only just switching up where you're going to run, but the time of day you're going to run will reduce your risks pretty significantly. It sounds like so. I thought that was an interesting concept. Yeah, and you know. <clears throat> runners tend to be creatures of habit you know we always um you know we tend to find the routes we like and um, especially for those morning runs when you're on a set kind of routine um, and it's just a shame that there's people out there that would you know tune into that if they're um, you know wanting to do something bad but you're absolutely right it's um, fairly predictable yeah the least the less predictable you can be i think the the better the scenario. Yeah. Um, we've talked about in the past social media and uh, making yourself accountable by posting your workouts, posting you know your results, things like that. Um, I saw some things out there that made sense, and maybe to take a step back and, and recommending that sort of thing, the amount of detail that you put into that. I mean, social media for most people can see, be seen by anybody. Uh, so, you know, I even see some people that post their route, um, on their, their social profile. I think that might be a little risky. And so, you know, I, I do think there's still benefit in posting your results, your, um, you know, or, or just the fact that you ran or, or how many miles you ran or whatever. Um, but I think be careful about posting, specific time of day, specific location you ran, or anything that might hint people off to where you ran as just a, you know, it's just a good idea to, to limit that if you can. Um, trust your instincts. So I heard, I saw this several times as well. It, you know, a lot of times we see something, it doesn't quite feel right, uh, but it's not that obvious you know it's not like somebody's running after you but somebody that might not look right um you know trust your instincts because if it doesn't look right very likely it isn't right and so that's just sort of that you know don't question yourself um i think the police would suggest that you called it in whether it be a a false claim or not if if it doesn't look right to you so that's suspicious activity just trust your instincts on that so that even if it's not you that that gets caught by somebody, maybe you're saving somebody else in that instant. Yeah. Um, oh, and I covered this one up above. Use technology to allow yourself to be tracked. Um, one other one that was interesting to me, some uh, back and forth on things like mace or pepper spray. I mean, when I first... You know, we talked about what are we going to talk about today, and uh, the topic of safety came up, and I thought, wow, that's a great topic. We need to cover that. Mm -hmm. um, the first thing I thought of is, you know, 
carry mace, carry pepper spray, carry a, you know, one of those um, electric zappers or, you know, something that uh, keeps people so you have something that you feel confident that you can get yourself out of the situation. And that is still an option for people if, you know, if that's what you want to do. But the flip side of that that I hadn't thought of is a lot of times people um, get themselves into trouble because that, you know, the pepper spray or the mace or whatever they have with them is turned back on them. So if the person can overpower you and you've got the spray and they turn it back on you and you spray it in your own face, that makes the situation much worse for you rather than for them. So some people are saying, you know, it's better not to carry that stuff with you. Um, I think it's still sort of a judgment call for you, what you feel comfortable with. But I just thought that was an interesting perspective. Yeah, that is. You know, we've got a major trail system that runs um, by our house. And I know um, you can see, you know, when people are carrying, you know, the mace on their keys, um, especially, you know, people out there walking their dogs. So it, I know it's out there and I know people use that as one of those protective measures, but I had never thought about it um, in that perspective of being um, kind of reversed and used on you. But, you know, in my opinion, it still seems like it would be, as long as you're prepared and aware of your surroundings, that it would be a nice defense mechanism for anyone. But um, to your point, though, if someone can overpower you, um, it's just one one more tool they could use, I guess. Yep. And and maybe I'm gonna take this out of different order. I have on there as well. Learn self defense. Uh, this actually makes great sense, and and even better than the pepper spray thing. Because let's say that didn't have the effect you needed it to on the person. Uh, then then what do you do? So um, maybe a better idea is to learn self defense. And there's plenty of of opportunities like that out there. I'm definitely not a self defense uh, expert, but I do know that there's lots of sensitive areas for people, um, you know, the your nose, your neck, like right at your Adam's apple if you're a guy, um, the groin for guys especially, eyes and ears. Uh, I, I haven't taken a self-defense class myself, but I did see, uh, I don't know, some special at one point. And using your, your elbow or knuckles or think sharp points that are, you know, blunt on any one of those places on people. I think if you go, if you know what you would do and you plan that out, let's say somebody did come up behind you and grab you or whatever, um, what you would, if you could think through what you would do with those sensitive areas in mind, I think um, that, is, that goes a lot further in your confidence and then your ability to get out of that situation. So uh, don't hear me saying, you know, go beat people up on the street. But, um, you know, think about those. Do your research. I, I think it's definitely worth going out and, and investing in a self-defense class and, um, and practice that scenario. Just like everything we talk about in, in training and practice what, what various scenarios might come up in your training and how you would deal with it, that visualization um, visualize how you would get out of a scenario and, and think about different scenarios. You know, somebody coming from the back, from the side, from the front, um, all those things, and, and what you would do to get out of that situation. So, yeah, just the simple, you know, when you were walking through that, Dan, just the simple exercise, because I was mentally following you through 
um, could be all that you need for that extra confidence. Um, mm-hmm. Just kind of thinking about, okay, if somebody comes up behind me, would I kind of, you know, elbow through the back? Or if somebody came up to the side, um, you know, some of that stuff can be simple. You know, just visualizing before your runs um, or at least thinking about it. You don't have to think about it before every run. Or just signing up for a, you know, a martial arts class or something like that at your local uh, martial arts um, shop. There's tons of those facilities all over the nation, the world that specialize in just that, you know, self-defense. So absolutely, yeah. Okay, so let's see. I, I skipped ahead for that one, so let me look back at my list here. Um, oh. So especially if this isn't an area that you live or something like that, um, and if you've seen suspicious, suspicious activity, and even if you've reported it or not, or even if, if you're going in a place that you don't live and other people do live, um, you know, just make other people aware of what you saw. And I think it's important to, to feel um, welcome to do that whether you know it's a problem or not. You know, even if it didn't, you weren't attacked, or even if it's possible that you saw something that was benign, not a big issue, I think it's important for you to feel like you can reach out to people and say, you know, something didn't seem right to me, um, and you might just keep an eye out. Because your best, your best opportunity for, you know, being helped are if other people are also on high alert or just being aware with you, so... I thought that was an interesting concept as well. Yeah. Um, run in a populated area. You know, we like you mentioned the trail systems. We those are probably the most convenient. We've got a, a fair amount of them around here, uh, especially on a long run when you're gonna, you got to get in a bunch of miles or a bunch of time. Um, it's it's so convenient to just jump on those because there's no traffic. You don't have to think about a lot of those traffic safety things. Um, you know, most of the time they're not highly uh, traveled, so it's it's just a, a simple thing to do. But what that does also is takes you out of that populated area. Uh, whether it's a Saturday or a Sunday, something that, you know, where more people are out on the trail, you're still going to hit portions of the trail where you're the only person there. So um, just, just consider that when you're planning your run, um, that an area that's not populated puts you at more risk because um, that's where they're going to go potentially to do that because they obviously don't want to do anything stupid in front of other people. Okay, so let me see if I skipped around a little bit again. We talked about learned self-defense. Um, this was interesting. Um, if you have long hair, a suggestion to put it when you go running to, to not do a ponytail or something that makes it easy for somebody to grab because, you know, if somebody grabs your hair, let's say you have long hair, you've got it in a ponytail, and somebody grabs your ponytail, I mean, our neck, our neck muscles are not strong muscles, and so they've basically got you where they want you. So suggestions to, and I, I don't know hair, I mean, I do a braid with my daughter here and there, but something like a bun or something where it's hard to grab, um, up and, you know, away from your neck or whatever so it's comfortable but not just sort of dangling um, to where it's a tool that somebody could use against you. 
So maybe we need to have somebody visit our, our podcast and talk about hairdos that work or something because I'm, I'm not a good one I'm for that. I'm impressed that you knew the bun, though. I mean, kudos. <laughs> <That's awesome>. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. bun. Yeah. The bun. I, I couldn't do one. There's no way I could do one, but I, I know what it looks like. <laughs> you can detect one if you see one, though. Right? That's right. <laughs> okay, let's see. Um, hairdo. There are panic alerts that you can get. Um there's various ones I when I did my research I you know googled and there's there's bunches of them out there but things like you know the like a keychain type thing if you get into trouble you press it and it's you know 130 decibels loud and it just draws the attention to where you're at I think that's a great idea and and perhaps maybe better than carrying the the mace or something on your keychain carry that cuz if if there's a noise going out uh, off and it's loud and annoying, um, and it's in an area that anybody's around, I mean, if if I were going to attack somebody, I think I would run the opposite direction because everybody's going to be looking at you uh, when that noise goes off. So um, I don't have any specific suggestions. Maybe we can post on the site if I can find a good recommendation. But there's lots of things out there like that um, that will bring the attention to you um, and therefore take the attention off of you for um, the people trying to do the damage. Yeah, that, and maybe we can just parking lot this, Dan, but I think that, you know, you that's a really great idea. And then um, I had never heard about the tracking devices either, so maybe um, in the blog entry we can direct people to either Amazon or somewhere where they can find these things and make it easy for them to pick up. That's a good idea. I'm writing it down. Alert. And the uh, GPS thing. It's a good idea. Okay, so I think I, I should have put these in better order. I think the last one I had, let's see. Yeah, I think that I've gotten through the rest. So when all else fails, we, we a lot of us have what we call the treadmill or the treadmill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so as, as many, you know, there's, there's training issues with that, if you ask me, but there's also a, a need for that. And this might be one of those needs, you know, maybe like you said, your wife ran how many miles on a treadmill a couple weeks ago? Yeah, she ran 18 miles. <laughs> I mean, that's just insane. Isn't crazy? Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not messing with her, let's put it that way. If she can do that. I'm not ever messing with her, but, um, I mean, but maybe that's a good opportunity for you, especially if you're listening to this and, um, you know, honestly, before, um, this, this headline came out, I, I didn't realize how often this happens. And I don't know that it happens that often, but, you know, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh man, is it safe to even run or whatever, and you need some time to do some planning, hit the treadmill, you know, it's, it's there. Uh, you, you still get your time in, and it, it it keeps you from you know doing nothing, I guess, while you're you're trying to figure this stuff out. So, another option for you. So I think there's there's probably a lot more things that you can do to protect yourself. Those are the ones I could come up with. This is a short list I can come up with today, but um, still some pretty good tips on there. Yeah, that's that's some great info, Dan. And I know neither one of us were like overly excited about um, you know the news that we've heard, and um, you know you hear about these things happening all over the nation, and it's unfortunate. And 
Um, we'll probably never eliminate that as a runner, but all we can do is be prepared. And there's no question that those tips uh, that you just reviewed um, position us to be better, um, you know, positioned to take on something that may come our way on a run. Mm-hmm. Um, so thanks for going over those, Dan. Um, and in fact, this was the only thing that we had planned to cover in episode 21 um, because we felt like it was so important. So um, is there any final closing review or remarks, Dan, before we close episode 21? I think the only thing is, I think this one's important enough for, you know, if we haven't thought of something in this list, we'll, we'll do a blog like we always do uh, for, for this content if there's something that you know of that could help protect other people, send it our way. We'd love to include it on this list. Um, I mean, I, I think that's the only thing I can think of. Okay. That, that's great, Dan. Yeah, just um, find us at runfit365.com. You can connect with us on the contact form or support at runfit365.com or find us on our social media sites, anything um, – that you can do to get us that info we'd be happy to publish that to help um, keep runners safe so with all that said dan thanks so much for putting all that stuff together and until next time happy training